One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to What Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Jules. Hello, everyone. Jules, my friend, E3 might be dead again for the third time. Many years in a row we seem to proclaim this, but it might be deader than, deader than ever right I now. I feel like, yeah, every single time this rolls around, it's like the Grim Reaper's just like looking through his little list of people to go, say, E3, I swear I knocked this guy off before. So what's been happening here this time to kill off the once great uh, video game convention? So this time uh, we have an exclusive report coming from IGN, um, who have put out that apparently Sony, Nintendo and Xbox will not be attending E3 this year. Um, right. to, okay. to literally quote the IGN report, um, IGN has heard from multiple knowledgeable sources that Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo won't be part of E3 2023 mm-hmm. or have a presence on the, on the Los Angeles Convention Center show floor. Um, it is mentioned in here that Xbox are doing a neighboring event. Um, they did right. that the last couple of years. Um, they'll have something around about E3 season, um, but they won't have a booth on the show floor itself. Um, yep. There's a whole thing um, is saying that uh, Phil Spencer has been quoted at this and just saying that he does want to do something that's convenient for press and consumers. Um, but again, they won't have a booth on the show floor. And he says, we will continue to work with the ESA, which are the uh, the governing body of the, or used to be the governing body of E3, yeah. um, in terms of their plans. Um, and he says that we're on board. We want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to help make E3 successful, but they won't be in the place itself. <laughs> so that's we want, a whole We want to make it successful, thing. except actually provide the content with which people pay money to go <laughs> for and see. Yeah, that's a smart plan. Um, to be honest, it's one of those things where we always, uh, over the last couple of years, we've seen the drop off uh, dramatically with E3 with the rise of the self-published, self-governed um, presentations and uh, demo expo stuff. Mm-hmm. And in all honesty, as much as I am genuinely gutted from a personal standpoint that E3 is definitely on the decline, mm-hmm. it does make sense from a financial and control aspect to not have to compete with anyone else to have your own showcase, to be able to promote your games and nothing else. This is True. You basically are capturing an audience, you're telling them that there's a reason to be hyped for your console or your publishing outlet, and you're saying to them, why would I pay ridiculous amounts of money to go compete for attention with other people on this? Well, that's it's like the thing. I mean, they, they, they basically called E3's bluff by mm-hmm. saying, we don't need to be there. And E3 always had that stance of saying, you need to be here to stay within relevancy. But as soon as somebody pulls out of that and proves that that is not the case, they basically just go, yep, you're right. We don't have uh, the <laughs> monopoly on holding everyone's attention. You can just do all of this. And for a fraction of the cost, totally. I know that I know I'm going off on one ear at the no, moment. Still, but the I used to uh, before I used to work at What Culture, I used to do uh, marketing stuff. And we had to go to all of these conventions and set up our booths. And we went to like the Excel Arena and stuff like that around London. And it was extremely like cold shower (laughs) in the cold shower in winter shrivelingly painful to look at the invoices come in at how much they were charging for it i believe that at one point for one meter squared Uh of space to put your booth on of which there was a minimum requirement 
Oh, right. For a three-day event, it was uh, five grand a day. (laughs) Uh, So if you can imagine that there are booths out there that have hundreds of square feet um, and that they have, you you pay extra for like having open walls and other bits like that onto it and all these extras Mm -hmm. and the power that goes into it. Mm -hmm. Microsoft, Nintendo and Sony are looking at that and going, Hang on, lads. You, you, we could just hire a hall and do it ourselves for a fraction of the cost, and <laughs> we produce it, and we'd live stream it and do it better. So there's no editing and no having to set up all of this stuff. And just mm-hmm. here's the trailers. Here's a little bit of like to cam uh, piece. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they uh, shot themselves in the foot when they definitely priced themselves out of the market because I heard that there was upwards of. 10 to 30 grand a day for some people just to hire that space. That is, and it's a small um, fraction of a marketing budget for a video game, but it is a huge. Uh, cost for what is effectively some space. <laughs> Would you like some space? Yeah, exactly. I feel like overall as well, like the amount of different companies that have tried live streams, and even just recently, like the whole thing with the developer direct from Xbox, and then just randomly shadow dropping Hi-Fi Rush, and it blowing yes. up. Like it's yes. outsold for Spoken, it's doing yeah. really well. Obviously it's on Game Pass and everything. But it's interesting in terms of who owns um, the E3 itself as a show, because it used to be the ESA, mm-hmm. and back in 2019, I remember in like September-ish, there was like a whole leak about what they wanted to do going forward, and they had all these buzzwords it's obviously pre-pandemic, so they had all yeah. these buzz about what they were going to do for 2020 show, and they wanted to like mon- try and monetize when you were in the queue. You would yeah. have queuetainment yeah. apps. Yeah. Um, they had this whole thing about um, trying to monetize um, the consumers and trying to give us like mm-hmm. social chits that they could cash in on later. They had just this PR term for making E3 the, the hotness that you want to get in on. Um, and so they, they, yeah. they turned something that was really cool because the whole point of E3 was at the beginning because it was exclusively industry and press at the very few first years. Mm. It became that sort of like exclusive event it was effectively like the Oscars of like um, yeah, the video Bowl game world something. that you wished that you get invited to that you wish that you had the insider knowledge of mm-hmm. so when they opened it up to the public there was of course that massive rush of people who wanted to get there and the fact that there were limited tickets it created this like it's like FOMO it's, it's exploiting yes. that of like you cannot be here so therefore you're going to pay loads to be here it becomes the social event mm-hmm. but the more they kept on opening it up and turning it into like the Disneyland of um, video the video game experience mm. and the monetization that came with it it's basically just like yeah i mean <laughs> okay I but it's not exclusive anymore and it loses its luster because let's face it in the current climate that we're in with video games costing as much as they do and mm. the cost of living being as much as it is mm. the idea of flying over or traveling hours upon hours to get to an event like that for two or three days mm. to maybe see one or two exclusives there and maybe just like have your wallet completely ripped apart by, like you say, having to pay to be in a queue and stuff like that. And standing in a queue for like two hours anyway. Yeah, there's zero incentive. There is no incentive for me to go now to these mm-hmm. things. There's, I, I hate to sort of harp on some of the UK scene that's going on at the moment, but it's a similar feeling that I felt with um, the uh, one that's just been, oh, I can't remember, Eurogamers uh, yes. one, uh, EG, EGX. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. like, I went there and there were no exclusives. There was maybe like a right. Call of Duty map that was new, and it, but it had already done hey, the circuit. Frontiers sort of. was there, mate. Don't you worry about but it. But you see what I mean? It was like it yeah. was so much less than it had been over the last couple of years. And if you don't have these big names, there's no point in going. It just becomes an indie fest. And as much as you and I champion indie games as a whole, and we do think that they are the future, I feel less inclined to travel that distance to go play something that I know a trailer will drop for by the time that I've got home. You know what and I you mean? Might have a demo for it as well exactly even on a budget quality is non-negotiable 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, what culture gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Yeah, exactly. I think it's like, it's interesting because obviously certain age groups that like we grew up idolizing E3, like there are mm-hmm. certain E3 reveals that still get talked about, like Halo 3's E3 reveal or something yes. like that. Yeah. Like it was a massive, massive deal. And I feel like now it just, it hasn't been that for so long. Obviously the pandemic kind of knocked them sideways anyway, but even the plans they had in motion, like I said, from 2019 might have killed it anyway. Like mm-hmm. you were mentioning FOMO before in that whole report, it was like this whole leaked set of uh, PowerPoint slides that they put out to people in 2019. And I'm sure FOMO was mentioned in there about trying mm-hmm. to weaponize FOMO or mm-hmm. something. So it's like, 
the ESA um, who were in charge of E3, they're not anymore. It's a new company called ReadPop. And so I don't know what the hell those guys usually do. Um, right. But um, ReadPop are attempting to put together the first sort of like big bang E3, like, you know, in, in this year and everything. And um, whatever's going on behind the scenes, that's resulted in, um, you know, the major companies, the Sony, Xbox, and Nintendo, are yep. in theory, not going to attend. Um, so we have the Xbox comment from Phil Spencer. And we had Video Games Chronicles' Andy Robinson uh, tweeted saying that Nintendo apparently doesn't feel like they have enough major releases ready to show that would justify significant event space so I guess like you said that ties in with the amount of money that they would they would be yes. spending to be there and maybe all they have is I don't even know like Metroid Prime 4 like there's, there's do you know little. what that, that still blows my mind just thinking about that statement that deserves mm. unpacking that Nintendo <laughs> in this day and age when they really only have a handful of IPs to really worry or care about mm. are that bereft of their own additional content mm. they've opened up the Switch massively over the last couple of years to allow lots of uh, third party developers to come on to the platform and they've mm. created some super Stupendously amazing titles that make the most of the hardware, yet if they're not thinking that that's enough to champion and they're only interested in first party titles, then mm. come on, Ninty, pull your finger out your backside <laughs> and actually start, like, get get on with it because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if we uh, we had rumours of a new Mario Kart coming out, yes. we'll see, we've co- that's, you've got like seven <laughs> other DLC big IPs come on man, like hurry things up I feel up. like Nintendo's in a weird place where like the idea of the Switch Pro leaked for so long and it was a big conversation point and it didn't yeah. happen with the OLED, OLED one, and it's like, and then and the most recent leaks on that stuff is that it's not coming until next year. So you'd mm-hmm. think they'd have some big blowout for this year. But I don't know how much like video game development time crosses over where certain dev teams have maybe got hands-on with the new hardware, mm-hmm. but they're not. it's not actually coming out this year. So it's almost yeah. like this year is another filler. Obviously, there's Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. That's a big old single release. But that but is just one game. That's one game. So it's like, yeah. other than that, I was thinking maybe they'd do some sort of shadow drop for a new Mario. You have the Mario movie this year. So yeah. why not do something with that? Yep. And like you said, new Mario Kart and whatever. But yeah, so that's apparently why Nintendo's not going to be there. Um, Sony have dropped out of the last two years and uh, like IGN said they haven't um, reported or confirmed they're going to be there this year so I guess that, that might change but I doubt Sony would be there if Nintendo and Xbox aren't going to be there um, and overall as well you mentioned the like the idea of like what E3 used to be and like the over the years it's changed and become a lot more consumer focused apparently they do have a new rollout for how they want to do the days um, right. so it, it's a it's a four day event now um, which I guess it has been sometimes in the past and um, but the overall show will start with um, the first two days just being for business attendees yes yeah yeah um, yeah. And then the third day is a crossover when consumers are allowed in, and the fourth day is a consumer day. So it's not as consumer focused as like an EGX. Like they are trying to get back to like the origins of it when it was like a yeah. tech showcase. The problem is, is that the rise of the ease of accessibility for companies to do their own presentations and uh, promos, and the rampant success of previous ones. Mm. Like, where is the incentive to go to E3? Like, mm. it's not about the people anymore because when you look at the amount of live captured audiences on any one of those streams, mm. it far outweighs the amount of people that would even be there at a specific point in the day that you did your showcase so i i still i struggle to see how e3 actually attracts people to come back there it Mm. might just turn into like you say a networking event and that's it but even then if you don't have the big guys there what's the real uh, end goal of this Mm. well the only way yeah yeah there's no financial like if you were sony and you have ghost of sushima 2 Mm -hmm. there is no reason you would hang on to that until e3 anymore you would you would just do your own um sony state of play and that would that would get the word out anyway and then all the news coverage and the marketing and social media takes care of the virulent side of it anyway so like you said it's almost like there is no is then that's the thing it's like is there no place for a physical game show anymore in Mm. terms of being a a reason to reveal something it's like reveals are almost fundamentally online now like there's almost no reason holding back for a physical event anymore you've also got to look at it as the way of um, when you have your own showcase you get to control the message that's spun out Mm. there and let's face it trying to work within a gigantic 
gigantic um, uh, live show where there's hundreds of other people doing presentations. There's a lot of technical hiccups that go along there. This mitigates a significant portion of that because you go, right, we have one sound booth, we have one <laughs> mixer, we have this, 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 mm-hmm. go, go, go. And everything is either pre-recorded and we can just control the message that's put out there. Totally. Where it's live, it's just like you get, well, infamous moments. Like how many uh, biggest well, fails of E3? With Uncharted um, 4 where it was yeah, just like the just didn't work. couldn't move him. Yeah, couldn't move Drake. So that's a really good point. I mean, things like that, that whole E3 cringe thing is like another part of like what we grew up with that yeah. there are tons of E3 cringe compilations but I guess ultimately yeah it doesn't help the devs it doesn't help the what they're trying to get you know trying to get you to buy into something or sell something um, I guess closing thoughts do you think mm. they'll st- what do you think that will e- <laughs> the vibe will be coming out of E3 this year is this the last one well the only way that they could try and spin it and save it is if they t- tell people that this is no longer about the giants that it is about the gamers mm. that they actually lean into those people pulling out and say that they uh, almost don't care about you but this is now a convention for gamers, so we're going to focus more right. on sort of like speedrunning events, uh, competitions, uh, community building aspects, something to bring people together in the mm. wake of people dropping out. So it's not about the reveals, it's about the feels, as it were, and you're basically <laughs> just like trying to connect with a wider gaming audience. If you can make uh, E3 into... Well, I'm not. I'm trying not to use emotional manipulation as being the key aspect here. But if you use right. emotional marketing to make people care about E3 in a different way, other than it's the big reveal, the excitement factor, mm-hmm. that's how it will survive. But it will be on a much smaller scale than what it is in the past or is now. Yeah, I think that kind of ties in with they could still, assumedly, still do deals with the Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo in terms of like I don't know, like eShop vouchers or something, and then yeah. you have a speedrunning yeah. tournament that like, yeah. lets them sort of be still the branding there, and maybe they don't spend as much on the, yeah. the booth space and everything. There is a comment from. Uh, someone from Repop saying that they've had interest from major third-party companies and everything and they still have a lot of interest in the event but obviously they would say that in general it's not like it's going to die yeah, overnight or anything yeah. um, it's just that it feels like a major blow to lose three of the pillars of ga- or like the three pillars of gaming mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the big first-party teams and the hardware teams um, so I guess we'll see but yeah let us know what you think down in the comments below of E3 what are your favourite E3 memories and how do you think it'll fare after this year for now I've been Scott from Oculture.com and I have been Jules and we'll catch you next time Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.